Rabbi Steve said at the beginning to say to hi to Ravi on a computer. I can't type, but hi, Ravi. And uh, your mom's down here, and she'd say hi to her if she had the mic. And uh, do have, in case you have any questions for me after the discussion, you're welcome on the website, rabbironspeaks.com, to contact me as well. Uh, I will be doing a few online seders next week, but I'm looking for me to decide just doing a traditional seder to do some short teachings during Passover week. And Rabbi Ron Speaks a page on Facebook is one of those pages that you don't have to have an account, anybody who can go on to it. So also, as you see, Rabbi Ron Speaks on Facebook, and I'll be posting there uh, some teachings. I know it's on my heart about Elijah. Why is Elijah in the Passover Seder? Uh, and some other things we'll see. So I'll be looking at that. So feel free if you want to connect with me to do that. Tonight, though, uh, what I want to do is uh, faith is a two-sided coin. Rabbi Steve it spoke to me about asking to do something with faith and just left it at that and only added that whatever you say will be different than what he would have said. And so uh, this is what God put on my heart. Uh, one of the things that I think of with this messianic prophecy, uh, identifying the Messiah and so many things, is that the Bible's uh, a lot like a puzzle. And you've got to put all the pieces of the puzzle together to get the complete and true picture. You could just look at one little corner and see one little thing and think you got it, where in reality you've only got one little corner, one little aspect of it. And so it's a lifetime of reading the Bible because it's a lifetime of putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. So one of the things that also does, I hope this relieves you, it means you don't know everything yet. You don't have everything right and correct doctrinally or anything else because you're still putting the puzzle together for the rest of your life. And so until that happens, you don't have it all. And, and hopefully today I got one more piece than yesterday. And that would be a nice accomplishment if something like that would happen. Uh, one of the things along the lines is faith being a two-sided coin, as if you see this, the picture on the screen, faith and works. There is debate about the relationship between faith and works. Uh, and so to put maybe a, few pe a piece of the puzzle together to help us look at things a little there, I, I think back, uh, what the Lord brought my attention was after I graduated college, uh, I went to Rochester, New York, training for ministry, and uh, I also worked part-time in the public schools. And uh, a bit at the beginning at School 29 off of Genesee Street, and uh, there was an Orthodox Jewish teacher there. And so got to know her, and every once in a while she'd ask me a question. And one day she started a conversation and she said something. So this is, we're talking anywhere 1985 to 89. I, uh, that this would have happened. Had a conversation with this Orthodox Jewish teacher, and she said something to the effect of, well, we Jews believe in good works, but Christians believe you only need to believe. And that was what she said to me. And I said, yeah, I hear people say that a lot, but I don't necessarily exactly believe one or the other. I think there's a relationship between the two. And uh, so that's what we'll look at a little bit tonight, the relationship. And so the first scripture here, uh, and then we'll ask. So one of the thoughts there for uh, Terry and Karen that are joining me here. 
uh, is that one of the things I like to do when I do a discussion is say, all right, it could be we just have some scriptures. There could be questions. But also, as you read the scriptures uh, and you see there might be a word or a few words that all of a sudden you look at that one word or that phrase, three, four words, and it really excites you. It may surprise you. It may confuse you and say, wait, I never heard anything like that before or thought about that in this way. It might create a question. And so that can work real well for a little discussion. We read something and then it brings a question to mind or says, good, that reinforces something or I just never thought of it from that angle. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, John 6 here. Yeshua said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, you've been searching for me, but not because you saw the signs, attesting, speaking of the miracles that he did, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. You're not following me because I did a miracle, uh, but because I fed you some free food. Either one of them I'd come running. I'm in, right? Yeah, either one. Hey, I, you got a good meal? Tell me when and where. Right now, I don't know how it works exactly, but hey, a free meal, food, good, but miracles. We can always use a miracle. You know, I got a, you know, a miracle a day. I'm right, God, I'm sure there's some miracle I could use today. And he says, so you're coming to me because of the food. But he says, do not work for food that perishes, but food that endures and leads to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. So he's offering eternal life and wants to talk to him how to find that. For God the Father has authorized him and put his seal on him, authorized him to make eternal life available. And then they said, well, what are we to do so we may habitually, regularly be doing the works of God? What works do we need to keep doing to obtain this eternal life? And Yeshua answered, this is the work of God that you believe. And in the Amplified, trying to help explain it, explains the word believe, adhere to, trust in, rely on or have faith in Yeshua, the one whom he sent. So what is Yeshua saying about uh, obtaining eternal life or what grabs you any things a surprise or reinforces thoughts that either one of you had? <laughs> what a gentleman. Feel free, dear. Go ahead. Well, I think uh, a lot of this has to do with Believing, uh, we're not talking about mental ascent here because uh, we all know that the enemy and all his uh, legion believes that God exists. I, I think Yeshua is trying to say that it's more than mental ascent. It's a relationship. Uh, it's a trust, relying on, leaning on, uh, uh, intimacy with him abiding in him. I think all those things is what he is uh, going for in this particular verse, passage. Anything? Well, and for me, it, it really is just as simple as that we believe in him. And, that, and for me personally, when we love him and trust him with all our heart, we want to serve him. We want to seek eternal things. I find personally the word believer faith uh, very hard to, to grab hold of because it, it just seems more like this mental thing, believe. It just in my mind is, well, I believe something. It means I have these thoughts in here. But that's why I liked as well here you talked about relationship. They talk about reliance. So that's a relationship. 
We're relying on him to give us eternal life. Uh, it's just interesting here because we have this uh, thing in the body of Messiah, this uh, debate, different thoughts of works versus faith. He uses the two together, the words. Faith is a work. The work you should do is have faith. So it's just interesting that. I think here uh, a neat thing uh, helping us. Galatians, Paul addresses Abraham believed God. God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He said, you're in right standing because of your faith, because you believe. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. So he believed God. What does that mean exactly, the fullness of this thing and thinking about Abraham? He believed God, and so God said, you're righteous. Well, I think a couple of points here. Um, he believed God to, to the extent that he was willing to sacrifice his son Isaac. Uh, and he also believed God in that he obeyed the command of circumcision. So his belief was actually uh, put forth into his actions. Good. We'll touch on that. Go ahead. Well, and for me, not only it was his faith, but he was immediately obedient. So from Genesis 12, when the Lord said, get out of your land and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land I will show you, my heart's desire is to make you a great nation, to bless you, to make your name great so that you will be a blessing. My desire is to bless those who bless you, but whoever curses you, I will curse. And in all the families of the earth will be blessed. And then in verse 4, it simply says, so Abraham went. And then again, and as my wonderful Boaz was saying, um, in the binding of Isaac in Genesis 22, when the Lord called him, he said, Hineni, here I am. And then he said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will tell you. And again, in verse 3, so Abraham got up early in the morning and saddled his donkeys. So he immediately obeyed. How many times have I immediately obeyed the Lord? Not a whole lot, I'm sure. Immediately obeyed, and the obedience was some sort of action. It was a work, in a sense. And, uh, you know, because it says he believed. Well, how did Paul know he believed? He, didn't, uh, he wasn't able to read his mind and know what his thoughts were inside his head. But he knew because in the Bible, as you read for us, he actually then went and lifted up his hand, tied his son down, lifted up his hand, uh, and did that. And so it wasn't he read his mind, but he read the scriptures and, and saw the action of what this man, that this man actually obeyed and did as the father asked him to do. And it was those works that went alongside with what was happening in his head. There was both going on. There was things happening in his here, thoughts, beliefs about God, and it then transferred into action and things that he did. Uh, Ephesians, this is one of the scriptures that, uh, as far as I could tell, after becoming a believer in Messiah, that I was told, I, this was the scripture I heard over and over again, uh, taught 
by other people who were trying to help me to grow in my faith. Probably one of the first scriptures I memorized. I know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 was the first. Somehow I remember that. But this, I think, was clearly thereafter. Uh, it was always given to me by Christian friends. By grace you've been saved through faith. Not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not as a result of works. So no one could boast. And so why is this scripture often thrown out? A couple of things here I see in this passage. Um, when a person works, his wages aren't credit to him as a gift, but as an obligation. So this verse says that it is a gift of God. Uh, so for two things, he, God gets the glory because he is giving us something that we cannot earn on, on our own merit. Um, so I think that's, that's one of the verses that is really used a lot because it, it emphasizes that it's not something we can achieve on our own. We cannot do anything to please God, to earn merit with him. Uh, God doesn't grade on a curve. So it's not like some go in because you're higher than, you know, how when you were in school they, they graded on curves. Uh, you either 100% or you're not. Well, I couldn't agree more. And just knowing that no one can earn their way into heaven. Otherwise, once again, we'd be dealing with pride that sent the enemy straight back down. So we don't want that. Um, and just to know that it was Yeshua that we're believing in, and it's because of that gift of God that we have that grace, that he is truly our Passover lamb, as you've already said, Rabbi, and it's a, his atoning blood. And through that free gift, we have grace. It's nothing we can earn because we don't boast. We, we, when we boast, not only a great connection, that's what got the whole mess in. That's why we're in the mess we're in in the first place, because of pride. And Satan wanted to be God and equal. Uh, when we boast, too, what we're doing is we're lifting ourselves up by pushing others down as well. So even on the earthly thing. And up performance, even think the other way. Not only can we, it's not wages we deserve. But then if we have that day, the moment, well, we have it every day. When we have a moment where we say, my performance was not up to par. Now we could feel like we're not deserving and of, of life with forever with God uh, as well, so that we would look at it from that end. Uh, so it's a gift. But what is so interesting is then they never taught me to, you know, they said when you go to Bible school or any kind of good discipleship, they say you got to keep things in context. So it's nice you read verses 8 and 9, but why not read the whole section and get the whole picture? Put the puzzle completely together, because then verse 10 then says, we're his workmanship created in Messiah Yeshua. Why? For good works. And so we're created, we're saved by faith. It's just this gift from God. And it's not works. But then Paul says, but wait a second, I'm not finished. There's one other part that most Christians forget to still quote, is, but it says, but then we're saved first to have a relationship with God, but a secondary reason is presented here. We're saved by faith, but for works. He's left us here on earth because he has given us a job to do. So we get in 
by faith, but now we're left here on earth for works to do something. And, and so this is part of it. Time is winding down. And so I think this is, well, a place to stop. And uh, it's right pushing. I can't see the clock exactly. Is it 8.30 or is it 8.20 or what is it? <laughs> oh, okay. And so I just think that's just really neat that that passage in Ephesians 2 puts it together. Saved by faith, but for works. The two go hand in hand together, faith and works. And faith may be the entry door, but it's not like works are not needed. Uh, so one, it's important, I think, for disciples to understand this, but as well being messianic uh, here on a Saturday, or celebrating Passover and all the different things we do out of ignorance and some faulty teaching, we could get criticized for doing things and saying we can be accused falsely of trying to obtain salvation by works. But Paul here tells us, no, we're saved by faith, but for works. So now that you are, get out and get to work. There's things to do. And so for all of us, I, I just want to encourage you. It's just faith, trust, rely, dependence, having relationship with Yeshua that brings us into this relationship, gives us eternal life. We could live with him forever. Uh, but now he has works for us to do. And because that's why we're still here. Otherwise, he should have just taken us away once we got saved. And then we wouldn't sin anymore. And, but he left us here, even though we're still going to keep sinning. But that's because he has work for us to do. You have work to do. And that's why you're still on earth, because God has work for you to do. And so let your ears and eyes and heart be open to discover those works that you might walk in them. And so, Father, help us. Help us, Lord. Help us not to feel the need to earn or deserve eternal life, living with you, having relationship with you, because we could never earn it. Uh, we have good moments and bad every one of us. But, Lord, it's just your love that you've made this available. And so help everyone watching and listening for their hearts to soften. If there's anyone here who has not welcomed Yeshua and received this gift, free gift, that doesn't have to be earned, uh, but except for welcoming your love. Lord, if there's anyone that needs to, let them welcome your love and begin life with you. And for those of us, Lord, that are on our journey, living with you, help us to realize, Lord, that you have left us here on earth for works, to do works, to be salt, to be light, to make a difference. So help us to know the works you have for us to just why we're here still on the earth. And so help us to discover that each day Lord, that we might be faithful and please you, our loving Father. We ask this in the name of Yeshua. Amen.